0: Welcome to A Command of Her Own, a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin.
1: And I'm your host, Jen. This week, we're discussing all the Star Trek news out of San Diego Comic-Con and the season two trailer. Yay. I'm so excited. Uh, So before we get started with all that, Kate, did you want to announce the podcast at the top of the show or the end?
0: Okay, so I'll just briefly mention uh, that I am on a new podcast uh, as a sort of regular person. It's an actual play Dungeons Dragons podcast uh, called Zero D20. And I enter in on episode 85 and they do sort of a, not a story restart, but that's like the beginning of an arc, so you don't need to listen to all the episodes before that if you don't want to, if you just want to hear
1: more of me. Yeah, it's not essential to listen to the first. Yeah. Like the first 85, you can just sort of come in, it's a new arc.
0: Yeah, 85 episodes can be a little daunting. So
1: It's a lot, yeah.
0: And then, yeah, I'm going to be on that till the end of the year. And then Mm -hmm. we're wrapping up that storyline, and we're starting a brand new one in January, which I will also be on. So that Mm -hmm. should be fun times if you want to check it out. Cool.
1: Now, are you on that as a player? Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: I play an elf tempest cleric, which is a lot of fun. I like to cast big magic spells.
1: Cool. Is the tempest an elf modifier or the cleric modifier?
0: So when you're a cleric, you get to choose a domain in fifth edition.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: And tempest is one of the domains. The most common ones are probably light or uh, life. Being that so like good,
1: the healing spells, yeah, right?
0: you're a super healer. <laughs> yeah. But that's I right. was like, I want to sometimes heal, but also I sometimes want to do big destruction. Hmm. So mm-hmm. cool. That's what I do.
1: Sounds very cool. So yeah, everyone who is so inclined for like uh, actual play D and D podcast should go check it out.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.
1: And that. But back into
0: Star Trek.
1: So because we are just. Post-San Diego Comic-Con, there were, of course, a lot of announcements made about all sorts of shows, Mm -hmm. but we'll talk mostly about Star Trek. Um, The first point I wanted to sort of go over is only kind of tangentially related, and it actually came up from a meme I saw online that said, um, you know, because they have said they're making more Kelvin movies, or at least one more Kelvin movie and of course um anton yelchin has passed and so the meme was suggesting that instead of trying to find a replacement actor to play Chekhov, that instead just write it into the story script so that in this timeline Chekhov, you know goes off and does his other thing or you could write in a, a death for the character or whatever But that this is a good opportunity to bring in even more diversity into Star Trek, but bring it into like a more modern era. And so they were saying, how about casting somebody from, you know, of Syrian descent, Iraqi descent, somebody wearing a hijab, a a female pilot in a hijab would be, you know, incredibly progressive. And Muslim women do not get a lot of representation in modern media.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so it was... It came up in a couple places I saw online, and there was various talk about it. And I tweeted it from our account. And... Yeah, Kate, what are your thoughts on that?
0: So, I'm all for that. I am Mm -hmm. actually mostly in the camp of, I hope these movies don't get made. Yeah. But if they do, then yes, I think that that is a good way to go.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that the the Calvin Timeline movies... ...are the ones being worked on with Quentin Tarantino. So that is another strike against it for me wanting it to be made.
0: <laughs> I I enjoy a Quentin Tarantino film. I just don't see him as a Star Trek type of director. You know?
1: Yeah. Without getting too much into it, there has been some new things coming out about him that makes me... Um,
0: oh, I'm sure he's a See dick. his movies
1: in a different light, yeah. I mean, I think I, I think he has a lot of artistic merit to him. Mm-hmm. But like, like you said, I'm not a huge fan of the Kelvin timeline either. Um, if it goes forward, though, I think it would be an excellent idea.
0: I do enjoy the three movies that have been made. I just think... Mm-hmm. I think they're good. I think they're done. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And none of what I've heard about these new movies makes me think that they're going to be good.
1: Mm, okay. Now, some of the pushback against this idea is that the original vision of Roddenberry was a post-religion, you know, in air quotes, sort of world. Uh, I mean, even Jason Isaacs at one point was saying that they were coaching him, that he couldn't say, like, you know, for God's sakes or something like that, because they're like, no, no, it's post-religion, we wouldn't have like have these phrases anymore
0: so that's all well and good but also like i don't know if this would work but i mean religion has come into star trek from other races that aren't necessarily a big part of the federation so why mm-hmm. couldn't somebody from one of those races be a part of the federation and still be and still have their religion
1: Yeah, that was a point that was brought up um, online. One of the people was like, well, you know, other races have religions. Um, And then the other point that was brought up was that, like, you could do it where the person is celebrating their historical uh, culture, their roots and things like that. So you could make it where they're not necessarily practicing the religion um, in a modern way, but more like looking back to it, examining it, um, celebrating it, like, I don't know. I think it could be done. I think it could be done really well, actually. And maybe even if it's not done with the Kelvin timelines, that's something that Star Trek could think about for their other properties Yeah, that are under development, so.
0: Yeah. Like, so, yeah. religion and culture are so tied together that having a post-religion society is basically mm-hmm. just like saying we wiped out all these cultures.
1: That's right, that's right. Because, I mean, there are people who, um, whose dress and things like that are influenced by things that are rooted in a religious
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, basis, but who aren't necessarily practicing that religion actively. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, So I thought that was interesting and wanted to discuss that. And then there's a few pieces of casting news.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so, Rebecca... Oh, I didn't look up how to say her last name. Romaine. Romion? Romaine. Romaine. Mm-hmm. Okay, Rebecca Romaine has been cast as the character number one for the Enterprise crew.
0: I hope she and gets a name.
1: I know. I, I hope so too. So she was. She's the unnamed first officer from the Cage pilot. Mm-hmm. And I've seen side by side pictures of the actress, and um, of course that was Majel Barrett who played number one originally, and. They're actually pretty, pretty close. Like, it's a, it's a good casting decision for the, the look of them. Um, and in terms of just the, the actress herself, like, I'm trying to think of everything that she's done. But she's done a fair bit, and I think it's, it'll be a pretty good.
0: Yeah, I, I like Rebecca Romijn.
1: Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much of a role she's going to have to play, since it kind of depends how long the Enterprise sticks around
0: yeah that's true because i guess well because i mean some of the crew came over but i guess if the captain is coming over they wouldn't also bring the first officer Mm -hmm.
1: uh some other casting news uh they said that both pike and dr culber are regular cast for season two
0: i am intrigued
1: yeah they're not recurring but uh anson mount said that yep he's like under contract for all the episodes of season two and uh wilson cruz i blanked on the name for a moment Mm -hmm. he did an interview and he was very coy but he was like yes i am he's like he wasn't able to be like in contract for season one because of a conflict with 13 reasons why Mm -hmm. she was also in but for season two he didn't have that conflict He's not just going to be recurring. And he said he is not just flashbacks. He does not appear as a ghost.
0: I am intrigued.
1: I know. He says it's something that hasn't been done in Star Trek before. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm very intrigued to see what they do. And also very excited, because he said, like, you get deeper into his character and find out more about him. And, you know, because he was a doctor and he had, like, a whole life outside of um, his relationship with Stamets. So, yeah, should be good.
0: I hope they do
1: it well. Yes, I hope so, too. And then the last tidbit about casting, they have confirmed that they have cast the character for Spock.
0: Mm-hmm. You're very excited.
1: I... (laughs) They have not said who it is yet. And, yeah. I think they're going to try and keep it tight-lipped. Yeah. But we'll see how successful they are with that.
0: Yeah, they were not terribly successful with their casting shenanigans last season. Everybody figured that one out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, if any of our listeners have some suggestions for some fantasy casting ideas, uh, that's not Zachary Quinto, because we know, like you know, half of you are going to just be like, Zachary Quinto. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's not him. But if you've got any other ideas about who would play a good Spock, uh, send them in and we'll see who it ends up being.
0: Honestly, if it's not Zachary Quinto, I just want it to be somebody unknown.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if they go with someone fairly unknown. So yeah, so casting Spock with an unknown actor would be good. And, uh, They've also done a really good job getting the right look for the actors they've picked Yeah, so far. So hopefully, well, I imagine they would have scrutinized this choice very closely. I mean, even for Burnham, they said that they went through 400 possible candidates.
0: Goodness. I will say, just reading some of the casting stuff, like, Mm -hmm. I'm 99.99% sure it's not. Zachary, Quinto, and they're not keeping that under their head just because they talk about finding someone, you know, who can do Spock. They don't talk about, me. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It sounds like they're going mm-hmm. in a different direction.
1: I think so, too. The other news that was released was more details about one of the other Star Trek series that they had under development. So this one is going to be called Star Trek Short Treks. And I read a good article summarizing it on Variety.com. So this is going to be four standalone short films that are 10 to 15 minutes long. They're going to be released in December, so leading up to the season two of Discovery. One is going to give Saru's backstory as the first Kelpian to join Starfleet. One is going to have Rain Wilson returning as Harry Mudd, and it's he's also directing it. You're excited. Right? Yeah. I, I actually am excited about this. Oh, okay. Just because Rain Wilson's performance as Mud has been excellent. And it seems like they're making him less of just uh, a, a disgusting cardboard cutout of a person. And they're actually going to maybe flesh him out as a character mm. and give him motivations. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. And, so, yeah. I'll be interested to see that, even if it's just for the performance. Um, the other one was Aldous Hodge. He is going to star in one as a character, Craft, who is a man who finds himself as the only human on board a deserted ship. And Michael Shaben? Sure. I think that's how you say it. Who is a Pulitzer Prize-winning author, has actually volunteered to write that one. And then the fourth one is going to be Tilly's journey aboard Discovery and her friendship with an unlikely partner. Hmm. I do like Tilly. Which, I do like Tilly, but that's the one that scares me the most. It scares you? For potentially being bad. Oh. I- especially just with that little little description of it. I'm like, where are they going to go with that?
0: Who knows? Are we
1: good? Yeah.
0: I'm looking forward to them. I mean, they all have the potential to be very bad, as presumably they are low budget. But it...
1: Well, they're... This is one of the separate entities. Like, uh, because you remember a while back they were saying that there was, like, five Star Trek series confirmed? Yeah. And that some of them were, like, short fixed duration. So, like, this is one of them. So, it's not eating into Discovery's budget... They would have had, like, a separate production budget for it.
0: I get that. And... But it does seem like they're treating it like Discovery promo. Oh, for sure. And I don't know about that.
1: Yeah, we'll see how they go. Um, It's reminding me a little bit about how when Battlestar Galactica, the reboot, was airing, they had, like, webisodes. Mm Mm-hmm. And I like thing. I I like seeing uh, modern media companies take advantage of all the the different ways to incorporate story and use different mediums as ways to give a different feel to things or show different sides to things. So I do like that it's going to be like a ten to fifteen minute format. And yeah, we'll see what they can do
0: with these little sort of short stories. It will be interesting. hmm I hope they're good. I would, I would like at least the Saru and the Tilly one to be good. I don't care really about the other two. Although I yeah. think the one man on a ship has the most potential to be good because it doesn't need a budget. True.
1: And I'm wondering, because that's the only one that doesn't have, like, a direct tie-in to Discovery. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, like... If, is this like something where they're trying to test the waters for another Star Trek property they're developing? Is it going to be worked into dis- Discovery, and this is going to be something that we tie into in the future? It'll be interesting.
0: I can I can see it more being that second one.
1: That it's going to somehow tie back into yeah that they're going to
0: come across this guy. Could be. I don't know.
1: Did you hear any other news? About Star Trek Discovery stuff?
0: Um, I don't think so. I think you covered everything I heard.
1: So yeah. Yeah. Now, let's jump into the trailer.
0: Did Did you like the trailer?
1: I loved the trailer. Good. I, yeah.
0: How about you? I did enjoy it, yes. I am excited. So I feel like, just from watching this trailer, obviously we don't know everything that's happening in Season 2. But Mm -hmm. I feel like with season one, they were kind of testing the waters. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And this trailer Mm -hmm. felt more like, all right, cool. Now we're doing what we want to do. Right. And I'm actually kind of sad that they sort of finished up with the Klingon war in that first season when they were testing the waters. You know? Mm -hmm. Because I think that would have been interesting to do now that they know that they were a success, you know, now that they had a good viewership and they are carrying on and that sort of thing. Right. But, because this this looked very much like a show that is like, okay, we're good to go now. We're doing it.
1: Mm hmm Now, there are going to be Klingons in season two, Mm -hmm. which is something that was absent from the trailer, but... Like, Mary Chifo and, um, what's his face, Fock? Uh, were both at San Diego Comic-Con with the cast. They've been in, like, the, the, um, all the cast shots Mm -hmm. and stuff like that from season two. Like, they've talked about, um, their storylines a little bit in interviews. So we know that they're at least going to be recurring cast members.
0: Yeah, I presume we're just going to be, like, checking in on them.
1: Yeah. And I'm not sure how that's going to feel. Like, is it going to be weird where like suddenly it's like, and now there's like, are we going to do a whole episode on them? Or is it going to just be like, we've got two concurrent storylines that don't necessarily touch, but will somehow weave together over the arc of the season? Or what's it going to be?
0: I like the idea of two separate ones that maybe find that they come together near the end.
1: Yeah, I kind of like that too.
0: Yeah, like it It seems like they're both doing two separate things. But then as the season progresses, and as we all find out more about what's going on, it turns out that it's all related. I always like that type of stuff when it's done well.
1: Yeah, when it's done well, it can be quite good. So we'll see if that's where they're headed with this. And where they go from there. And then the other things we didn't see in the trailer... We didn't see any of Sarek. And we didn't see Spock, thank God. <laughs> um, and from the trailer, we we come to understand that one of the reasons the Enterprise is there is because Spock is missing.
0: The search for which, Spock continues.
1: I know. And I saw a funny meme with uh, one of the pictures from... The trailer, mm-hmm. where somebody was like, you know, they had the line about Spock uh, being missing and he needs our help, and then some they put on the bottom. Someone should put a bell on that man, <laughs> <laughs> which just made me laugh. Um So yeah, but I kind of like this as the the gambit for the season because, like I was saying before, like I would enjoy it if it was the kind of thing where spock was there but not there and that she never really has a lot of screen time with them and it's not this big drama thing Mm -hmm. and if they have it where like they have to track him down and then they meet him and then like the season kind of wraps up then yeah that's interesting
0: i i feel like there's probably going to be flashbacks to their childhood
1: Possibly. They did go down the flashback road several times already in Season 1. Yeah,
0: I think that that would fit with the feel. And mm-hmm. we'll get to know... Because that way we'll get to know their relationship before mm-hmm. seeing them reunited. True. So we'll have, like, a stake in it. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm feeling slightly more optimistic about the fact that we will be seeing Spock.
0: I'm happy for you. Two.
1: Yes, the trailer has put me... In a good frame of mind for it.
0: So now we have to talk about the most important thing in the trailer. How the fuck are they yes. going to explain the two different uniforms?
1: <laughs> I don't think they're going to have a hard time with that.
0: But I'm still interested. Like, I don't get me wrong. I'm very happy mm-hmm. that they had the Enterprise crew in enterprise uniforms. But, mm-hmm. but everyone else that we have seen so far has been in Discovery type uniforms. So like, is the Enterprise like a Mm -hmm. test group? Like, oh, we're thinking about changing our uniforms. Please test these out.
1: Right, right. Like, what, are they going to even address it in the show? Or is it going to be just some sort of uh, unsaid thing where we just see the uniforms transition? Or are they going to be like, this is what's happening with them? The The uniforms transitioned a couple of times in the Next Generation Deep Space Nine and Next Generation movies. Mm -hmm. And it was always just kind of like... uh, Like, I think in Deep Space Nine, the the Deep Space Nine uniforms may have originally been, like, the space station uniforms. right? Um, So that would be, like, what the crews on any space station would wear, I think... Although they may have also just had like a transition to that style of uniform rollout mm-hmm. and then when they transitioned again, it was like, yeah they've they've updated the uniforms and they were transitioning to them in the movies,
0: yeah, I wouldn't I have anything against them saying like this is the science ship uniform, except that we've already seen like admirals in similar uniforms, so
1: yeah, yeah, and okay, so. I'm pretty sure, 99% sure,
0: Hmm.
1: in at least one scene in the trailer, Pike is wearing a Discovery style uniform.
0: Well, he might change once he-
1: Once he beams over? Yeah, like- Because he beams over in the yellow shirt. And there's several scenes with him in that shirt.
0: But I guess sort of once he becomes part of the crew, you know, he might- so it might not be in that first episode, but- Right. It might be a metaphor for him being accepted. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I get you. I get you. And yeah, I'm wondering if they address it. And the other thing I'm curious about is the other uniform transitions that we've seen have been slight redesigns. Yeah. So, but this is like a complete color change. So I'm wondering if they uh, are going to address like the reasoning behind the change to it at all, or if it's just going to be like, Transitioning to the new style of uniforms and, you know, left at that without any other discussion.
0: But I don't want the Discovery crew in original series uniforms, but I don't want the Enterprise crew in Discovery uniforms. So... Right. This is a problem in my brain.
1: Now, there are fan theories that the Discovery is like the birth of Section 31, which is this top secret, does not exist... Uh, entity that, you know, does what needs to be done that the Starfleet can't officially sanction. Mm -hmm. And so if they end up, you know, moving more into that kind of a role, I could see where the Discovery uniforms might transition darker.
0: But again, we've already seen admirals and such wearing matching uniforms.
1: Yeah, but the Starfleet was pretty wiped out at the end of the Klingon War. So as further events with the Discovery crew continue, there is potential for some some changes in Starfleet, some strategic decisions that would that in my mind would play out too. Have this be the where where section 31 begins and
0: Oh no, that I get, that I get. It's the uniform thing that I'm mm-hmm. absolutely Discovery going into section 31. I am on board mm-hmm. for that. That's that's awesome. I think that would be right. an interesting plot to follow. Um, but the uniform discussion, how does that happen?
1: They need a new, upbeat color scheme to help recruit, you know, new people into Starfleet.
0: I guess. But they're less matchy, and I think it has been proven that the more matchy, the better for recruitment. Because then it's like, you're part of a team. Yeah.
1: Well, that's true. That is true.
0: I don't know where I got that information, so don't quote me on it. Could just be something I made up.
1: It seems like it would make sense. I think it's also good in terms of like just managing large groups of people Mm -hmm. as you want them to feel like cohesive units.
0: Yes, it is also good. You don't want them to
1: feel like individual rogue people who can make their own decisions. You want them to feel like...
0: Right. It's also good (laughs) when you're out in public with a group of children in uniform and you're like, these are all ours.
1: yes. Yes. Did you like the transitional style uniforms that the enterprise crew was wearing?
0: What do you mean transitional style?
1: The the colors that we know of as Star Trek colors. Mm-hmm. But the not the same cut. Like the cut of the jacket was the same sort of cut as the Discovery uniform. Oh, okay. Um they were just in the Star Trek colors. That
0: I just thought was like a modern redesign. You know, I didn't think that we were moving it towards mm. the cut from the original like I don't think they're doing that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think they I don't
1: think we'll see that yeah. in Discovery, but I think they might transition the uniform towards that. But
0: did you like them? Oh yeah, they were fine. They were good. Okay. I just I need cool. an explanation. Yeah. As long as I get a good explanation, I we- will be Great with these uniforms, but I need the explanation because otherwise, what is going on? Why aren't they part of a team?
1: You want to, you
0: know, what I want
1: is the explanation delivered through the character of Denise Reno, who is played by Take Nataro. Okay. She got that one, like, one scene Mm -hmm. where she's the, like, Burnham saying, run a collision course towards a Pulsar. And she goes, oh, thank God. Here I thought we were all going to die. And so, like, I want to have the explanation delivered to us through snarky comments made by her commenting about the decisions behind it. Okay. Or, like, discussions with the crew members and stuff like that. Where.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Organically You know, like, that's what I want to. But. Yeah, yeah, she was good in that one. That's scene, That's my though. ideal scenario. Hmm? She was good in that one scene. I would, I, I, I would like to see more.
1: Oh yeah, I definitely would like to see more too. And since it looks like her ship may have been destroyed, she may be transferred to the Discovery, but that's a bit of a speculation.
0: I didn't notice anything about a ship.
1: It's just like in the scenes. There's a lot of scenes that show a lot of massive destruction.
0: Okay, I should say, I didn't notice anything about a ship that specifically belonged to her. Uh,
1: Oh, okay. Denise, we know. I think in one of the uh, parts where she was cast, they said that she was, you know, chief engineer of the USS Hiawatha.
0: Oh, right. Okay, yes. Yeah. And we see that being destroyed?
1: I don't know if we see that being destroyed in the trailer, but there are scenes where things look massively destroyed. Like when she and Burnham are talking, Mm -hmm. like they're standing in what looks like a whole bunch of, you know, ruined, burned out metal. And so maybe the Hiawatha has encountered one of the red signals and they're going to rescue them. Also, and, and investigate.
0: Here's mm-hmm. a thing brought up about how I don't understand distances in in the mm-hmm. Star Trek universe. Mm-hmm. All of these red thingies that they're investigating mm-hmm. are spread out mm-hmm. over thirty thousand light years. Now, yes. in the grand scheme of things, seventy thousand light years, which was too far to get home, doesn't seem mm-hmm. that much farther really then spread out over 30,000 oh the discovery can do its funky thing oh but can the discovery do its funky thing still
1: <laughs> nowhere in the trailer did the discovery use its uh spore drive spore drive yeah every scene was warp drive
0: so that's what i'm saying like what what is yeah. what is distances what is too far
1: well i think that they're like 30,000 light years, yes, it's massively spread out across the galaxy. I don't think they're going to all of them.
0: But they're investigating. Like, I, I don't necessarily know I that they're- I think that
1: there will be one that they can go see.
0: But, it, if like, I'm just saying, but they can track all of them, perhaps. Or, you know, they know that all of them are there. I, I just, I don't, this is, this is what I'm saying with how I don't understand distances. That's all I'm saying. It's not like a criticism okay. necessarily. I just
1: okay, Kate? don't
0: understand how, how Star Trek is interpreting these distances.
1: You don't, okay. Okay. Um, so current, uh, you know, scientists can interpret distances of galaxies, you know, billions and billions of, you know, miles away from planet Earth.
0: Right. But... Just by observing. No, I get that. But then that okay. puts anything like we're not observing stuff that's happening right now. That's stuff like the light that is reaching us mm-hmm. like it's not happening concurrently with now. So if they're studying all these things, then whatever's gonna happen has already happened. Like light years are not just distance, they're time. Right. That's that's a fair point. So it it doesn't make sense. That's all I'm saying.
1: I'm assuming I'm assuming they have sensors that are helping s- cut down the time. of
0: I would have zero problem with this if I had not watched the <laughs> Voyager premiere where 70,000 light <laughs> years was too far to get home from because I would be like whatever, sure.
1: Well, it's not it's not too far to get home from. It's just 70 years to get home.
0: Right, but you know what I mean. Then why is this <laughs> not why are these not 30 years apart? Why is this all happening concurrently whatever it is that's happening?
1: Well, it would take 30 years to get, like, from one far point to the
0: other end of them. Which would mean that whatever we're observing happened 30 years ago.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm kind of cut up now. (sighs) Potentially, yeah, it did start 30 years ago.
0: Anyways, I need more explanation about all that before I'm ready to buy into suspending my disbelief that far.
1: If they're using the Spore
0: Drive, I will be much happier. Okay,
1: but it doesn't say that they're 30,000 light years away from the thing that has appeared.
0: Ah, so Discovery just just happens to be smack dab in the middle so that it's only 15 years away from the farthest ones out.
1: No, no, but it could be that the closest one out is two light years away from where their current position is. Right,
0: I gotcha. It just seemed like they were studying something that was time-sensitive, which is a stupid right, thing to like, do Right, but like, if the one space. that was closest
1: to you just appeared, I mean, it would only take them, you know, if they have a sensor relay there, they would see it right as it appears. And then know about it, and then start scanning for similar things. And, th- you know, like, so, anyway.
0: Well, I guess we shall there see. Is a,
1: <laughs> yes, there is a potential time differential. I get what you're saying. Um, but it... Just because the, the distance between, like, the different signals is, like, taking place over this vast area of space, it doesn't mean that they're not close enough to one of them to have seen it happen in relatively real time.
0: I got, I, I'm willing okay. to buy into that. It just seemed like all okay. of them were going to be coming into the plot, and if they're not using the spore drive to get to them, this makes zero goddamn sense to me. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah. If they just warp between different, like, multiples of them that are, then I will have a problem with that as well. Okay. That's fair. So, other things you
0: enjoyed about the trailer? Um, I really enjoyed that brief funny moment where Burnham and somebody are in some sort of weird suits, and she's like, don't worry, the Discovery has us. Right, girls? And they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good.
1: Yeah, so... A few times in the trailer, they were in these really cool, like single-person spacecraft that were like hurtling at high speed through like asteroid fields. Yeah, which looked awesome to me. Like I love that. I love the the one-person sort of very maneuverable spacecraft. Uh, we and yeah, and I it, I sounded like it was Pike to me, and yes, I loved that moment where they're like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we. Yeah <laughs> So much confidence. Loved it. And even Saru turns around and like says, like, oh, boy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just this little moment. It was so good. And when we see a scene of Burnham being launched in one of these things, Mm -hmm. and she gets this nice smile on her face where she's just enjoying it, which I thought was nice as well. It was like... When we were at the beginning of season one, and she was in her uh, EVA suit doing the flyby of the sensor array thing. And again, she was enjoying being out there in space, racing through all this stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We also, we didn't see any uh, Michelle Yeo, but. No. I'm still hoping that she will be back. Uh,
1: Not sure what I hope for that. But this season does seem to be like it's going to be more fun. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I think with um Tignataro being there, there's some really good chance for some fun banter. Um, Tilly had a really good fun scene where she was like, that's the power of math, people. And she and mets high five. Yeah, that
0: was good. I like their friendship continuing. Good stuff. Yeah. And Tilly in general, I'm good with having more of. Everybody knows she's my favorite.
1: And I feel like she's doing a really good job of showing, you know, a woman in a STEM position. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that just that one little scene, just my heart was brimming with all sorts of happy
0: feelings. <sighs> yes. I'm excited. Still no actual date on that trailer, though. Just early 2019. I hope that means January. It'll probably mean February.
1: I've seen January. I'm thinking, like, a late January, maybe? Yeah, that's
0: probably, yeah. Late January, early February is what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. And I'm glad that it looks like another overarching plot and not episodic, like, past Star Trek's I yeah I prefer the overarching plot structure to the episodic stuff
1: absolutely and I like that this one is looking like it's going to be a bit of a science mystery yeah like they're gonna have to not just you know outmaneuver Klingons and this but it's about what is this thing what's happening um yeah it'll be interesting
0: yeah I am excited
1: i'm I'm really excited too. There was one tiny part of the trailer that I didn't like mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was the really gross sneeze joke right at the end.
0: I enjoyed that. <laughs> I mean,
1: just a personal taste. It's just a personal taste. Obviously,
0: thing. I hope Linus gets more to do than physical humor, but I liked it. It was fun.
1: Yeah, it seems as though he might be a character that we don't understand his dialogue for. Mm-hmm. Um, which could be interesting. Deep Space Nine had a character who we never heard speak, but he wasn't main cast. He was just like a regular guest star.
0: Right. Well, I don't think this character is going to be main.
1: I don't think he's going to be main, but I just hope he's not the the comedy mule where he he comes on when they need physical humor and, you know, he's played as a, a gimmick. So, uh, other than that sneeze part of the scene, I enjoyed the rest of the scene. Like, I thought it was funny how they all got on, and it was like an elevator joke
0: because
1: <laughs> they all were like, "Oh, excuse me! Oh, excuse me! Oh, excuse me!" Like they're all um, as they all got onto the turbo, sh- uh, turbo lift. You just
0: don't appreciate the humor and somebody getting covered in somebody else's snot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This could be directly related to the fact that, you know, I have two small boys, and so I regularly get covered in somebody else's stunt. That's fair. So, <laughs> could be coloring my perspective of that a smidge. Um, and I liked that Burnham talked to him.
0: Yeah, and she was so, so, um, oh shoot, I guess sincere, I guess, when she was like, oh yeah, it's been going around.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just one of those sorts of things, small talk that you make with people that you yeah. work with
0: and stuff like that. No news on whether or not we will see the return of, Christ's sake, you said his name earlier. Everyone's favorite British man.
1: Oh, Lorca. Yeah, there we go. Um, Everyone's favorite British man. Look, you got what I meant. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um no news on that although like the only tidbit i saw was i think somebody brought a sign to discover or to um uh, to san diego comic-con mm-hmm. that said searching for prime lorca or yeah. something and the cast got a picture with Aww. it
0: <laughs> that's good
1: so that was that was cute
0: I love that they went early and handed out donuts to the people in line. That's so nice. Oh, I hadn't heard oh, that. Yeah, yeah. They walked the line to Hall H and handed out donuts to people.
1: Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Like, like It the- was a
0: publicity stunt, but it's still just nice. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, they all seem to really enjoy each other. Yeah. Which is always nice.
0: Even if they don't, so- at least they put on a good show of it. And-
1: Yeah, and I really hope it's sincere. Like, I would really like to be moving into a place where we have a more transparent Hollywood working environment. If only for the fact that, I mean, they are already public images. People already look to them to set an example in certain things. And having, like, transparent, positive workplace interactions, even if there's conflict... If they're open about it and it's resolved in a mature fashion, Mm -hmm. that sets a good example for the rest of us.
0: Yeah, it's good. So,
1: yeah. Um, One last thing that I wanted to Mm -hmm. point out was uh, everybody's speculating already about the woman in the red shirt uh, who got on. She was one of the people who Mm -hmm. got gets on the turbo lift. That she may not make it through. Oh right. The, <laughs> and I realized in one of the times I was rewatching the trailer, mm-hmm. when they're in their like um, space suits, there's a shot where there's three of them there, and you can make out uh, Burnham and Pike, and then there's a third person in a suit, and the suits have a slight coloration mm-hmm. to them, and one of them is red. <laughs> Like, Burnham's has a slight, like, silverish look to it, and Pike's has a slight gold, and then the third person's has, like, a slight reddish cast to it. And I'm like, man, I wonder if that's the away mission, and I wonder if she makes it back, because there's scenes where, like, Burnham is running away from an explosion, and, like, you know, shit's obviously going down. You know, I-, I was just I like- I kind of hope
0: they kill her. I wonder her. if
1: they do the nod.
0: I Sorry? I kind of hope they kill her. And I kind of hope it's yeah, funny. Yeah, like- just <laughs> terrible, but- I hope it's funny. <laughs> you know, I hope it's a little, you know, wink-wink moment. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I wouldn't
1: mind if they, they keep that in there. I don't hope that death is her death is funny. Uh, you know, I, I hope that they treat it with a sense of gravity. But, of course, if somebody in a red shirt from the Enterprise crew dies... We are all going to laugh about it.
0: Yeah. I Because... Like, I hope that the crew takes it seriously. But I somehow yeah. hope the writers find a way to make it, like, in-show serious, out-of-show mm-hmm. funny.
1: Yeah. And it'll be interesting because, in this case, the crew member was a woman. Mm-hmm. And I don't think in the original series, any of the red shirts who died were women.
0: I can't think of any that like I've heard of men. in yeah. the one episode I've seen. So,
1: Because yeah. I have, uh, when I made my um, original series uniform, mm-hmm. I made mine red. Partly because it was the easiest color to match. Right. And everybody's like, oh, you're doing a red shirt. And I'm like, Uhura survived three seasons plus. She was fine. It's only the guys. Yeah um so yeah so it'll also be a little bit interesting if it is the woman and she dies a new way of fridging (laughs) no it wouldn't probably fridging it'll just be like background character yeah
0: because she won't be affecting anybody's storyline or anything like that i don't think no no considering we don't even have a name for this person uh we do oh excuse me (laughs) um geez sorry
1: both of the characters in the Turbo Shaft have names. Um,
0: where did you find these names?
1: Um, on uh, one of the one of the articles I read. I'm just trying to find where I wrote them down. Okay, so Rachel and Cheryl is the actress, mm-hmm. and she is Lieutenant Nan N H A N. Interesting. The man in the blue shirt is Sean Connolly Affleck. And he is Lieutenant Connolly.
0: I'm sorry, what was that
1: man's name? Sean Connolly. Oh, Affleck. Oh, Connelly, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought maybe his parents were, like, a fan, and I'm like, why would you ever go into acting with that name? Anyways, carry on. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, I mean, yeah, they'll have names because they wouldn't beam aboard with the captain unless they had names, but... So yeah, we'll see what happens with her. And yeah, oh yeah, the other thing I was going to ask you: Did you get the the Lenny Kravitz song in the trailer you watched?
0: I mean, I recognized the song,
1: but it was the one with lyrics. I want to get away. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. So you watched the U.S. release trailer, the uh, one released on through the Space Uh Channel where it airs uh-huh. in Canada. Did not have that song in it.
0: Oh, weird.
1: Yeah, I was discussing that this morning with my husband, and we were like, did they did they like, not realize that you have to license per country? And so they were about to release it when somebody said, uh, you can't release that song without licensing it again for Canada and international audiences. And they were like, oh, crap. Quick, call up one of the music guys and get something done up. Because there was just, like, generic, uh, suspenseful, orchestral background music for the one release I feel like Space it would have been channel. so much
0: easier, though, to just be like, oh, right, here's some money. Than, oh, right, yeah, I don't know. redo the music. Which makes me think that they did that on purpose.
1: Yeah, it's, so I was curious about what the decision behind it was. Especially because Star Trek has a history of controversy with lyrics, in the music
0: it could be that they just like because any promo team with any sort of money behind Mm -hmm. them is gonna have Mm -hmm. like studies and plans and that sort of thing so maybe they just Mm general genuinely thought that an american audience would respond better to music with Mm -hmm. lyrics and other audiences would not
1: that could be this could have actually been like the result of focus groups and such like that and and Data backing it up. That's true.
0: I, I don't know why, but it, it doesn't sound like a last-minute decision, because if it was a last-minute decision, it would have been easier just to pay them to use the same trailer.
1: True. I think there were also some slight, like, font differences when they had the words across the screen for, like, Discover and things like that. It also might
0: just genuinely be that it was done by two different companies
1: oh that is true too there's yeah they could have just hired different people to put it together and they use the same general shots but there might be other minor differences i just didn't pick up on i guess i have to go watch the trailers a bunch more (laughs) darn
0: such a hardship for you
1: i know i know (laughs) although no i'll just wait because the fan boards online will yeah other people will
0: figure it out (laughs) yeah pretty sure I'm going to have to look more into that whole 30,000 light years thing because that's bugging me. (sighs) I I will try and
1: keep my eyes peeled if there's a conversation that I see about it. This is all your fault for making
0: me watch Voyager. Because if I hadn't watched Voyager, I would just assume that they had the technology (laughs) and nothing really mattered.
1: Well, I'm sorry that our schedule and timing worked out this way. It's terrible. I have this feeling that if we would have watched Voyager like, you know, three or four weeks from now, <laughs> you probably wouldn't have had this problem. Well,
0: I might have, but then I would have the problem with Voyager and not with the trailer.
1: Okay. So, if any of our fans have uh, some words to help, you know, Kate and her... What is it? You're having cognitive dissonance or like... Uh...
0: Whatever the opposite of existential is, like a scientific crisis of faith. <laughs>
1: There you go. Kate is having a scientific crisis. If anyone there can help her out with this, then uh, please let us know. Send us an email or contact us on Twitter.
0: Or if you just want to explain to me how this could all be happening, great. Mm-hmm.
1: Or if you just want to say, Kate, it's Star Trek. There's a fair nope, that, amount that of time That doesn't count because Star
0: Trek has used it against themselves.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying they've been consistent.
0: In the future, when their technology would presumably be better.
1: No, but there's certain instances in which they basically do what they call techno-babble through something. Where I'm sure other scientific people have been like, that didn't make sense. They're not even being consistent with other things in the show. I'm pretty sure these things have happened before.
0: Okay, then that's fine, too. I Uh,
1: mostly whistle past it. Yeah, I
0: would be... If they have that scene, then I will be okay with it. it, I just need... I need something Mm -hmm. to help me suspend my disbelief. Okay. Also, I really hope that I'm not, like, remembering the tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of science I know and that everything that I've said isn't right.
1: Although I... What I'm remembering now is all the cases in which Star Trek has detected something X number of light years away and it's always been almost always been treated as like this is happening in real time.
0: Okay, okay. So then that would imply that they have some sort of way of light reaching them without having to take time, which whatever, sure. But that still does not explain the travel, the physical travel. That they are presumably going to have to take in this season. So that we need to talk about. Or learn more about is what I'm saying.
1: Yes, If they've got
0: some way that they can bring light to them, whatever. I don't care. That's fine. As long as that is a consistent thing that they have done. It doesn't make any sense to me since they have faster than light travel. But don't. Oh, whatever. Whatever. (laughs) It's fine. Shall we move on?
1: Yes, let's move on. Okay. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about with the trailer?
0: Uh, it made me really excited for Season 2, and I want Season 2 now.
1: I know. Me too. I'm super excited. There were some beautiful shots. Uh, like yes, yeah, they did
0: have some really good shots. camera angles and
1: choices yeah. they made, and those little personal little spacecraft really intrigued me as well. And I'm really looking forward to seeing more of it, which I have to wait until cold, cold January for.
0: Oh, it's going to be so good when it's cold. God, I hate <laughs> summer.
1: It's just a long time away.
0: You know what? It's not that long. Because we're in the second half of the year now, and you know how second halves of the year go. They go by so fast.
1: Oh, God, yes, actually, really? I do. Like,
0: I have two whole courses to do before then. I was thinking about, like, my general upcoming life soon, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to, like... I don't mean this literally, obviously, but it was just like, well, New York feels like it's next week, and after New York is is my birthday, and then, and then it's Christmas, and then I was like, whoa, wait, I haven't bought any presents, and then I was like, dude, it's July, and then, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: I know how you feel, because I promised my child a handmade Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle costume for October, and I'm already having panic attacks I haven't started right? yet, so and it- I'm like, mm, people are like, you know, Halloween's 90 days away, and I'm like... Shut up, shut up, shut up. Excuse shut me, up, it's up.
0: 100 days away.
1: Oh, 100 well, days away. That, that was yesterday, I so
0: I think it's 99 now. <sighs> okay. I'm coming for you, fall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so we don't have anything else about Star Trek nope. to say. Um, Kate, do you have any
0: recommendations? I do. Do you?
1: I do.
0: Okay. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first?
1: I'll go first. Okay. Uh, because I'm just recommending cold oatmeal. Or refrigerator oatmeal.
0: (laughs) Sorry. I didn't mean to laugh at your recommendation. Carry on.
1: Okay, that's all. Yeah, it's just a healthy, cool, refreshing treat. And it's easy to make because you just, you know, get a jar and throw some oatmeal and stuff in it and let it sit in your fridge. And then in the morning you take it out. And especially when it reaches like, you know, 30 degrees, it's nice to be able Celsius, yes. It's nice to be able to take something, you know, cold out and and have it ready to go. You don't have to stand over a stove and, and cook it or anything.
0: I despise oatmeal. <laughs> Is
1: that why you laughed at me? Um,
0: no, I laughed because it was a funny thing to recommend, but I...
1: It's the thing I'm eating, yeah. so <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm just going to...
0: It's always just felt like the consistency of snot to me, so I just can't. <laughs>
1: See, I like mine extremely thick.
0: Ugh. No, that's grosser. I can't so, do that.
1: So, it's like it's like almost like a soft cookie consistency nope. at times.
0: No. No. Nope.
1: Okay. Yeah, my my husband doesn't like it either. So, relatively
0: recently, like I guess probably last fall, I had mm-hmm. a strange craving for some some of that like instant oatmeal you can get, that apple cinnamon type. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. it just felt warm and cozy. You know, and I wanted it, mm-hmm. so I bought some, and I had one bite, and I was like, why did I do this? This is disgusting. <laughs> and I knew it was going to be disgusting. Anyways, that's the most recent time I've had oatmeal, and it was gross.
1: Okay. So, it's a recommendation, or not, <laughs> depending on who you talk to. <laughs>
0: um, so, my recommendation this week, which, if you follow my personal Twitter, you may have seen me tweet about is um, that new Anne series based on the Anne of Green Gables books. Right. Which I originally didn't watch when it first came out because all I heard about was how it wasn't Anne of Green Gables. Now they'd made it dark. And it's it's super not Anne of Green Gables. But mm-hmm. it's still so good. I didn't expect mm. it to be so good. Now,
1: is this the Canadian one? Because I think there was one that was, I think there's been like two
0: recent ones. So when, about the time the first season of this came out, mm-hmm. there was like a movie made with Charlie okay. Sheen, not Charlie Sheen, sorry, Martin Sheen as Matthew Cuthbert, which I've never seen and I'm never going to see because what? <laughs> um, This one is a Netflix original, but CBC also produced it. So it is... okay canadian slash american like it's a bit of both okay and we got the first season first because it aired on cbc Mm -hmm. but for Mm -hmm. some reason we're not getting the second season until later so whatever cb like cbc is holding on to it to air it during regular television time so it's like premiering in late september but everybody else just has it on netflix
1: CBC, haven't you figured it out yet that you just don't let them release it anywhere else until we get it? Yeah. That's what all the other... Pro- like, nobody else gets Doctor Who until England has seen it, okay?
0: Yeah. No, like- um, but anyways, what I really love about the series is they've taken sort of the bare bones of Anne of Green Gables and then made it, like, not, not a modern setting, but made it with modern sensibilities, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like, they just...
1: I've seen a few of your tweets, and it seems like they may be having more flexibility in the uh, sexual orientation of characters.
0: Yeah, there is definitely that. Um, mm-hmm. there, is gay- there are gay characters, and okay. canonically gay. It's not, like, in the back. Like, you could read Anne of Green Gables and perhaps tell yourself that Anne is very in love with Diana Barry. But in, oh, yes. in this one, they were just like, well, let's not keep it behind the curtains. We're going to, you know, just throw it out in front right. of you and make this character gay. And then we'll introduce this character and we'll make them gay. And we'll have people talk about it. And in a way mm-hmm. that is, um, you know, that fits with the time period. And not only that, mm-hmm. but they have, they really, they, they really just show uh let's just say queer characters supporting other queer people and that's just really nice i like it a lot mm-hmm. and they have mm-hmm. and i just i just love that and then in the second season which i definitely have not seen because i shouldn't have of course so not. i haven't that's right um they one of the characters goes on like or gets a job on a steamer and meets um and befriends a man from Trinidad and they don't, I don't know how to, like they introduce some characters of color and they don't, or they they show how racist the community is and how these people struggle and that sort of thing. But they still have Mm -hmm. that good Anne of Green Gables feel and I just love all the characters and it's just really good. And I love it a lot. And I like that they took this, you know, turn of the century or turn of the last century countryside period drama and just said, mm-hmm. well, fuck that. It's not just going to be white straight people when they right. probably could have gotten away with it, especially, you know, on Prince Edward mm-hmm. Island. But they were like, no, we're not going to do that. And right. I really like it. And it's really good. The showrunner whose name escapes me. Used to be a writer for Breaking Bad. So if you imagine Breaking Bad writer doing Anne of Green Gables, that's that's what this is.
1: Very nice. And I really like that concept of, you know, not allowing the fact that it is set in a certain time period and based on a book prevent you from make introducing progressive yeah. things into it. And also realistic things, because I mean
0: because there were gay people and there were people there were, of color. That's right. Then. Yeah.
1: They, they existed. And the fact that they were erased from a lot of things is just wrong. Yeah. And and yeah. And also having read the Anne of Green Gable books and seen the the classic Anna Green Gable uh, miniseries. Mm-hmm. That show also had changes from the books. Um, the ones
0: I will say. So. If you are looking for that feel good time of Anne of Green Gables. Don't watch this. Or I mean, okay. do watch this, but don't be looking for that. It yes, it's yeah. just it's very different, um, which mm, okay. which did turn me off originally, but now I love it a lot. All right. Anyway, sorry I kind of took over that recommendations.
1: Oh, that's okay. I mean, mine was a fairly simple recommendation.
0: I I know a lot of people who like oatmeal, so I'm sure I'm in the mm-hmm. minority there.
1: Okay. Now, Kate, do you know what movie you're picking next week? Or for the the next next episode? episode?
0: Um, Do you mind if I pick another anime movie? Mostly because I've been meaning to watch it, and this way I will force myself to?
1: Uh, I don't mind at all.
0: Great. So we're going to watch Your Name.
1: So if any of our listeners want to uh, watch the next movie before we podcast about it, uh, we are going to be watching the movie Your Name.
0: Yeah, so uh, An anime film directed yeah. by, I hope I don't butcher it, Makoto Shinkai. Shinkai? Shin- mm.
1: <laughs> Shinkai. I
0: think that's what it is.
1: All right. Looking forward to it.
0: Um, from what I've heard, bring some tissues. Okay. Yeah, it'll be interesting to do something neither of us have seen. Sorry that I keep making this longer. Let's wrap up. <laughs>
1: yes that's it for this week thank you for listening if you have any questions or comments you would like to share you can contact us we have an email address a command of her own at gmail.com uh, you can tweet at us at command of her own and we have an instagram account instagram.com slash a command own And I did take some screenshots of the trailer, and if I get a chance to this week, I will try and put some of those up on the Instagram. Yay. Yeah.
0: Alright, let's go so I can turn my AC back on. Okay. See everyone next week.
1: See ya. Bye. Bye.
0: Uh, air conditioning.